He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Hey guys, Mercury is almost retrograde. Can you feel that? I've been feeling it for two weeks, maybe. (laughs) I can tell. I can tell. And it's time to renew, review, uh, ask yourself, is this true? Um, Does this still fit? Those kinds of things. And, And take a look to see what needs to change in your life, what you've outgrown, what mistakes are happening. And correct, get back on track. So what I want to talk about today is the secret truth about highly sensitive people. I've talked about this before. We're doing a review. And I'm going to be talking about what are highly sensitive people, just in case you don't know. How does it develop? And what it means to you. What what can you do with that information? That's the secret part. Well, maybe all of it's a little bit secret to some people at least. And... Before we do that, I want to welcome you to It's Not You, It's Me. This is a podcast about personal responsibility, authenticity, standing in your power, being that amazing person that you're meant to be, sharing yourself with the world, and lovely things that make your life meaningful. The podcast is free, but producing it is not, so if it's useful for you, please consider reciprocating by sharing, reviewing, commenting, subscribing, or donating to keep it going. I love supporting products and services and businesses that I benefit from and love their mission because it makes me feel like a stakeholder. If you want to be a stakeholder rather than a drive-by listener, and I appreciate all people who tune in, please consider reciprocating in some way. Thanks. So what are highly sensitive people? A highly sensitive person is a thermometer. They take the temperature of the room and become whatever it registers. If it's hot, they're hot. If it's cold, they're cold. So if I am on a bus and there's all kinds of people, I'm probably flooded (laughs) because there's all kinds of energy, right? If I am living with somebody who is up and down all the time, I'm probably up and down all the time. And if I'm with somebody who's chill, probably chill. And Every time I move into a different energetic sphere, then I change. So sensitivity is the level at which we register something. So if I have low sensitivity, then you could probably hit me with a brick and I might not notice. If I have high sensitivity, you might blow on me and I'll be like, oh, so that's what we mean by sensitivity. But one of the things that's left out typically of the highly sensitive conversation is reactivity. Reactivity is how 
I respond. And if I respond with a big uh, comeback, then I'm highly reactive. And if I respond grounded and focused, then I'm not all that reactive. You can hit me with that brick and I just be like, hey, stop doing that. (laughs) That's a low reactivity response. And then there's hardiness and that's how fast do we recover. So a highly sensitive person is typically highly sensitive, highly reactive, and not very hardy. And the symptoms are things like you freeze when you're under pressure. So if something happens, like, you know, somebody catches you off guard, asks you a question that you're not prepared for, you might just like deer in the headlights, oh, what do I do? You need more time. You need time to process things, to sift through them, that kind of thing. Another one is overthinking. So this is like, you know, it's just, do you want to go to the movies? It's like, well, if I do this, then this, and if I do that, then that, then you're looking, thinking in 12 different directions, five steps down the road. That's really overthinking when it could just be a yes or a no. Another sign of highly sensitive people is ruminating over things that happened. So that's different than overthinking because overthinking is typically things that are happening or are going to happen where ruminating are things that have already happened. So you might be wondering what other people think about what happened. Uh, Did you do the right thing? Did you do the wrong thing? You're redoing it in your head, that kind of stuff. Having a hard time with criticism is also another sign of being highly sensitive. Nobody likes criticism, but if it's destroying you, then that could be because you're highly sensitive. Being easily overstimulated is another one. Most people can get through the day and have energy for the day and have baby some in reserve. With a highly sensitive person, if you've heard the concept about spoons, they don't have very many spoons. If you have 10 spoons and it takes you four spoons just to get through breakfast, your day is not probably going to go very well. So that's kind of a function of being overstimulated. Simple things like taking a shower getting dressed is just overwhelming too much when you're highly sensitive, which leads to the next symptom, which is needing a lot of alone time in the quiet, because when you're alone and in the quiet, the sensitivity is less. You have to pay attention to fewer things. Another sign of being highly sensitive is having strong emotional responses. So I might say, oh, uh, you're late. And I'm just making an observation where you're just like, oh my God, you're always criticizing me. Why can't I do anything right? La, la, la. You know, that kind of thing. That's a strong emotional response. <laughs> and I think I said it takes a long time to recover. Did I say that? Yeah, I did talk about that. So it takes a long time to recover from day-to-day things, much less stressful things. So it's like you're overwhelmed and then you go to sleep and you wake up overwhelmed. Because your body didn't have enough time to process the things that happened yesterday and now here I'm dealing with another day. It's like, what are you kidding me? Yeah, so it takes a long time to recover. And one of the things that might happen as a result of that is another symptom. And that's avoiding people, places, and things. Because it's just too much. It's overstimulating. Maybe you even want to go but then and do this thing. But then you're just like, you know what, no. So you can be flaky. Or people perceive you as flaky because you don't follow through. Another symptom is being detached and misunderstood. People don't understand why you're doing that. It just looks flaky. So they don't, what's going on on the inside doesn't necessarily show on the outside. They don't understand. 
And they don't understand the whole thing about not having spoons. They don't even understand the concept of spoons <laughs> because it's a totally different reality for people who are not highly sensitive. So another symptom could be overwhelmed with guilt or shame because of everything I just talked about, being different and having different needs. Another thing that comes with it for a lot of people, but not everybody, is body pain. This could be chronic. It could be phantom. You're just like, oh, I don't know why my wrist hurts. Whatever. It could be headaches. What? It, any kind of pain. And you go to every doctor, they don't know either. Or the, the pain moves around. It's just some kind of mysterious thing. And another symptom is feeling really deeply and having a hard time controlling that, managing it, and feeling like it needs to be managed. Because in healthier people, we just have emotions, and they're not necessarily something that we need to manage. So that's what a highly sensitive person looks like, and there certainly are people like this, right? So how could you say that it's a fake thing? Well, one of the secret truths about HSP is that it's trauma. All of those things I just talked about are trauma symptoms. And I'm speaking as a trauma therapist. <laughs> so I think I know a little bit about how the brain works. And some of the ways that it develops, there's three main ways that I know of. Number one is a blow to the head. If you've ever known anybody who's had a blow to the head, it could be a sports injury, car accident, just falling, um, and their personality is different, or they just function really differently, then you know what I mean. We can dismiss even a small blow to the head, be like, oh, that was nothing. I didn't even have a concussion or anything and think that it's nothing. But meanwhile, it, it impacts our brain. So I wouldn't discount a big or small blow to the head because it can result in changes and those changes may not show up for a long time. So be careful not to rule that out. Neurofeedback is wonderful for fixing that. It's the best thing that I know. And most of us have had blows to the head. Uh, another reason that people develop this is exposure to toxins. So I was, I kind of am still highly sensitive and it, it happened when I was exposed to mold. I got a load of mulch that had mold in it and it was a ton of it. I had a big yard and it was spreading it everywhere and inhaling it. And I got allergies after that and I had allergies for a long time until I cleared up those toxins in my body. And my, my sensitivity is still there, but I'm not reactive. And I wasn't reactive then either. So you can have sensitivity and not reactivity, which I'll talk about a little bit more. But if you have high, if you are highly sensitive, I would clear out all the things that are toxic that you can. So I'm talking about things that other people don't pay attention to. Food coloring preservatives, artificial this, artificial that, check your bath and body products, your cleaning products, your food, and keep it as clean as you can because it will reduce your stimulation and make it easier for you to function. And the big one for how people develop this is trauma. It's a learned response. If I'm waiting for a shoe to fly out from nowhere and hit me in the head or dodging somebody's insults or preparing for an attack, I'm walking on eggshells all the time. And it helps me to be alert and aware so that I can have time to escape or do something to diffuse the bomb that's about go, to go off. And that's what it's all about. It's learning how to be sensitive and paying attention more and more. What sounds do I hear? What smells do I hear? You know, all of these things so that I can protect myself. And then once something does happen, it becomes a trigger. 
So if uh, that flying book comes out of nowhere and it's sunshiny outside, but it's just after rain and the air has a certain smell, the light's a certain way, um, my mom did it and she was drinking and I could smell alcohol, any of those things can become a trigger. And now I'm super sensitive to any of those things and I'll have a bigger than normal response because that's what it was like when I got the book thrown at me or, you know, whatever the, the incident was. So it's adaptive. It's here to keep you alive. And if you're not in danger anymore, it's not so fun to live with. So the thing that I have the biggest issue with when we talk about highly sensitive people is that I see people capitalizing on this and marketing it and um, sending the message that this is a special thing. You are a snowflake that in your more spiritual, it's a sign of spiritual evolution or ascension. And all of that to me sounds like the emperor's new clothes. It's a line to sell you something so that you feel good about yourself and someone can prey on your vulnerability. Everybody has empathy. It's human. And when your empathy is harming you because it's too much, it's a problem. And this is about emotional intelligence, trauma, and healthy boundaries. So you may notice things that others don't, but you don't have to tolerate it or fix it. And if you're dealing with this, if you upgrade your emotional intelligence, heal your trauma, learn healthy boundaries, you won't tolerate it because you'll see the triggers and all of this for what it is. And you'll have the skills to deal with things as they arrive. So think of it this way. A thermometer takes the temperature in the room. A thermostat sets it. You can be the thermometer or the thermostat. It's up to you. Everything resonates with energy. The energy of all things creates the energy in a room. And strong energy will either bring that vibration up or down. That's called co-regulation. That's another thing that, that I'm hearing people talk about, which is a good thing, but it's being talked about in a completely wrong way. Like, you're responsible for co-regulating me. No. You're responsible for your internal environment. I'm responsible for my internal environment. Yet, we do live in this place where everybody's co-regulating all the time. We all do it every day. And when you take on the energy of people around you, that's just doing what nature does. It's normal. It's natural. And if you don't like that, because it's unpleasant, you're taking on negative stuff, be the strongest energy in the room. So that people adjust to you. Or at least that you don't lose your internal calm. And you do that by learning how to have healthy boundaries. Practicing good self-care so that you aren't vulnerable and more likely to go into emotional places. And that you can monitor your stress levels. And most of all, get the trauma therapy that you need. You'll still probably be sensitive, like I am. But you won't be reactive, and that is the problematic part. It's not the sensitivity. Listen, guys, there are a lot of books and coaching programs around navigating the world as a highly sensitive person. There are dating coaches who are telling people that if you're highly sensitive, you're a chaser. You're looking for runners. And it's all part of a divine plan to find your soulmate. That's crazy. <laughs> That's two unhealthy people with unhealthy attachment styles who are tweaking each other's insecurities. That's not some karmic thing that you have to overcome. That's trauma. That's a trauma bond. 
And there are two things that I suggest that you consider about this. The first is that you can heal, so why not heal it? The second is that if someone is boosting you up and making you feel special, they're probably selling you something because they're love bombing you. Cults do that to suck you in. Narcissists do that to suck you in. And if you accept that pedestal status, you'll be above the very people that you want to connect with. So you can never have a real, healthy, grounded relationship from there. You're on two different levels. So zoom out, see the big picture, and ask yourself some questions. When you have a concept like this that somebody's throwing at you, ask you, is it plausible? So when somebody says all these are the, the symptoms of being highly sensitive, is it plausible? Yeah. There's, if if it, you're resonating with those, you're like, yeah, 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 that's me. Oh my God, yes. Okay, so check the plausible box. Does it feel true? So you run it past your intuitive feeling filter. Now look at the facts. Does this feel true? Or does this seem true? And maybe, maybe that resonates and maybe it doesn't. But then the third one is, is it effective? So if I adopt this strategy that, okay, this is what it is and I am spiritually ascending and I need to find my soulmate, la, 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 la. Is that helping me? Is it beneficial for me? Is it effective for me? I don't think it is because it keeps me stuck in an unhealthy place and unhealthy patterns. But I'll let you be the judge of that. Do you? If you're fine with being special and giving other people control over your internal environment, happiness and mood and energy level, you can embrace the highly sensitive person movement. Let's see. Thermostat, thermometer. Which sounds more authentic? powerful and desirable. You can decide. It's not easy being in the driver's seat of your life. But if you want to have an authentic, meaningful life, that's the only place you can do it from. It's from being in the driver's seat. And if you need a safe place to practice being yourself and learning new habits, come on over to my free private community. I cannot really uh, tell you what it's like over there. I, I just love it. It's such a peaceful, welcoming, authentic, open place. It's not trauma therapy, but you can see what vulnerability looks like without hurting there. <laughs> so, so glad to connect with you today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.